Scouting out of the blue corner. He gives you your football meat and potatoes style and is the undisputed king of detailed player analysis. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Steve the Scout. All right, Josh, the floor is yours. So uh, the D- the Detroit Lions, you know, a-, a team that, you know, I think when you hear about them across the NFL, um, people don't really feel there's a lot to be excited about. You know, ever since uh, Calvin Johnson left, there really hasn't been that that marquee player on their team. Uh, you know, and really since Ndamukong Sue left, you know, there hasn't been um, that, you know, a guy in their defense that people really talk about as, you know, a top tier type player. So um, you look at what they've done the last you know year or so. They brought in Matt Patricia. They've become more of a physical football team. Um, so so Lions so Lions fans, you know, uh, Josh, you know, tell the Lions fans exactly uh, what this training camp preview should look like for for, for their team in Motor City. Well, um, you know, we kind of talked about a guy last week uh, – down in Miami, Brian Flores, he's out of uh, New England, just like Matt Patricia. And and one the reason I bring him up is, is we talked about them uh, trying to improve by changing positions, uh, switching people around to, to see what really works and what really fits. And it looks like Detroit is trying to do that as well on their offensive line. And I think that that's a place where they kind of struggled last year. Couldn't really get a good, consistent running game going. Now, a little bit of that was because of injuries to the position. Uh, but I believe that if Carryon Johnson can really get a good season under his belt, get that line sewed up to where they can protect Matthew Stafford and block for him and C.J. Anderson, who they brought in over the offseason, I really think that the Lions can, can at least improve on their six and ten finish from last year, I mean, they, you know, well, when you finish six and ten, I would love to say that there's only one way you can go, and that is up. But we all have seen Detroit finish zero and sixteen before, so that's not always true. But it, it looks like you know these coaches that have come from the Bill Belichick tree uh, do not shy away from trying to you know do different things uh, with their uh, you know with their teams to try to make sure that that they're doing everything that they can. Uh, to to improve every single year, Steve. Yeah, and uh, you know, let me let me ask you this. You know, do you, do you feel like the C.J. Anderson thing? Did did Detroit look at the Los Angeles Rams? They 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 saw Todd Gurley. They saw his physical style of play. They see a very physical style of play um, in Carryon Johnson, which is why he wasn't always available, you know, last year. Um, do you think that they, they, they were kind of looking at what the Rams did and in a sense, trying to bring him in there for that same purpose? I think they did. I think they, uh, you know, they had LeGarrette Blunt on the roster last year to try to be that, that second guy, uh, to take some hits off of Carryon. Uh, but he's, you know, when you look at LeGarrette Blunt, he is, he's good in very short doses. Uh, and, and I don't just mean in short yardage. I mean, you know, you can't really depend on him to, to give you a lot of yards over a span of time. Uh, 
uh, you really gotta you really gotta pick and choose when you use a guy like Legarrette Blunt. But when what C.J. Anderson did in Los Angeles last year was he came in and he provided uh, you know a good solid consistent running game uh, when uh, Todd Gurley was injured. So. Um, you know, bringing him in this offseason, I think that that's exactly what they were trying to do. They were trying to, uh, um, you know, try to take some hits off of carry on Johnson, but not lose a lot of production in the process. Because, uh, you know, they've also got Theo Riddick there, but he's more of a guy to, to come out of the backfield and catch balls. Uh, he, he's not the, the power runner uh, like what they're trying to get to. They're, he's not the real physical guy. He can get physical, but he's more the guy, like I said, like a dude that can come out of the backfield and uh, and catch balls from, from, from Stafford. But, uh, yeah, C.J. Anderson, he's a guy that they brought in, uh, like you said, to make sure that, you know, they, they didn't lose a lot of production when they're trying to take some not not playing time away don't get that that's not what cj's going to do he's not going to take a lot of playing time away uh from carry on but he's going to try to extend his his career a little bit i guess is what you should say he's going to take some hits off of him uh to make sure that carry on is available uh for more snaps throughout the entire season steve yep and then and then you know TJ Hawkinson, you know, he's, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming in there as a rookie. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you this, you know, if, if there's, if there's a few rookies that you're saying, Hey, uh, I'll give you, I'll give you five gold jackets. You got to guess who the guys are that are going to make the hall of fame. He's, he's, he's definitely one of them. Uh, I really feel that this guy has the potential to be at some point in his career, the, the best tight end, uh, in, in the NFL. They brought in Jesse James from, from, from Pittsburgh, um, you know, is it possible that we might be that we might see this team become, you know, uh, a team that utilizes the, the tight end more? And, you know, and what can what can guys like Jesse James and Hawkinson add, add to this offense? Well, you know, they didn't just bring in Jesse James. They brought in Logan Thomas, too. And he's not been all that productive, but he's showing a good, you know, a, a good range of, of athletic ability at the tight end position uh during the mini camp and OTAs so he's really crowded that tight ends room uh but what what bringing in Jesse James does uh is add another weapon there as a tight end uh reports are that you know and, and you can see it when you watch the highlights Hawkinson has been very good at times but he's also shown that he definitely is a rookie now that's not you know that's not abnormal uh, at all uh, I'm not trying to worry uh, you Lions fans you know he is a rookie so he's not going to come in especially when they're bringing in a brand new uh, offense because they just got Daryl Bevel and he's he's trying to put in his offense in in, uh, in there in Detroit so everybody's learning uh, but Jesse James adds a little bit of veteran experience uh, to kind of help Hawkinson uh, develop. And also, while he's doing so, if there is, you know, a little bit of a learning curve, uh, Jesse James has proven that he can be productive. And then, like I said, Logan Thomas also is is somebody that can that has athletic ability. He's a former quarterback out of Virginia Tech, switched to tight end. So he is athletic. And he can't catch the ball. He just hasn't been used a lot. He's bounced around a little bit while he's been in the NFL. Uh, but he is somebody that they can also use uh, to help uh, Hawkinson make that that uh, uh, progression to the NFL. 
Yeah, and and then you know, um, looking 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 at the rest of this offense, you know, they have they have some good players there. Uh, Kenny Galladay, another another guy that you know, like Valdez Scantling, another guy that you know has made made a lot of big plays last year. You know, what do you what do you see as maybe you know the identity that that this offense is going to maybe want to establish in training camp? Well, you know, you mentioned Kenny Galladay and, and uh, you know, there's also Marvin Jones there. Both of them have been rehabbing injuries so far through the OTAs and through minicamp. Uh, so guys like Danny Amendola, Tommy Lee Lewis, and newly added uh, Jermaine Curse uh, have been getting most of the action. Uh, it's a smaller lineup than what uh, they're known for, you know, especially when uh, when Megatron was there. So... You know, uh, they're going for speed. They're going for, you know, trying to get into open space. When Galladay and Jones get back, they'll be your bigger guys. Uh, but I'll tell you, even though that it looks like it's a, it's a crowded room with Amendola, Lewis, and Curse in there now, uh, it's going to add some depth to a position that they have really struggled at uh, since Calvin Johnson left. I'm not going to say that they can replicate his his production at all, but uh, it is going to add some depth there, and they'll be able to, you know, if they do sustain an injury during the season, there won't be much of a drop-off, I don't think, uh, you know, if Kerr steps in there for one of those two guys. Now, I'll tell you, too, Amendola being an off-season signee uh, in free agency, uh, he's been working one-on-one uh, with Matthew Stafford trying to get, you know, their game uh, you know, going together to make sure that they mesh well. And, and while they both uh, learn this Daryl Bevel uh, offense, and, and uh, you know, I'll mention, I mentioned uh, Jermaine Curse. You know, they brought him in. He was with Bevel in Seattle, so he brings some familiarity to the offense in there too. So I think that he'll help uh, some of the new guys. Uh, you know, or not not necessarily new guys, but you know they do have new guys there. But he'll help everybody, I believe, on that offense uh, learn learn it a little bit easier, and, and you know be able to add uh, some production early in the season instead of having that learning curve where it may take three or four weeks. Even though you've gone through the entire off season, you haven't really done it at a full game, you know, speed, uh, which is completely different. You cannot replicate game speed. I don't care what you do, you just can't do it. So Curse has done this offense at full full game speed. So you know he adds you know a, a piece of of experience to that wide receiver room. Yeah, and 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 I I, I think you know you're right. You know, really, ever since Megatron's been gone, you know, um, they had Golden Tate there, but they they've really yet to find that that other major presence. You know, um, you know, hopefully T.J. Hawkinson. You know, I'm sure he's gonna. I think he's gonna provide them a lot in, in his rookie year, but ultimately. Um, I, I, I think, you know, this is a team that's really changed a lot because we're so used to seeing the big, the big arm of Matthew Stafford and that's what the offense is built around. But, you know, now with, you know, some of these guys you mentioned, like carry on Johnson and bring in Matt Patricia, there could be a little, a little, a little more of a physical football team. Do you see, um, do you see that these receivers stepping up will be the most critical part of this offense succeeding in camp just because, you know, um, they are going under the radar when you look at them on paper. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, a lot can be said about Matthew Stafford. You know, uh, um, you know, he does take a lot of risks. Uh, you know, when, when throwing the ball, he'll he'll just you know wing it ten or eleven times throughout a game at least, uh, and try to put the ball somewhere where it probably shouldn't go. 
you know, but he's he, he's grown used to the Calvin Johnsons and the Golden Tates. You know, he's grown used to those guys being able to make those catches in tight spots and being able to high point the ball better than any cornerback in the game. Uh, but he doesn't have those guys now. So Marvin Jones, uh, Jermaine Curse now, uh, Kevin or Kenny Galladay, you know, those guys have got to step up. And and also Amendola, you know, they have got to step up and make plays for this guy because, I mean, Matthew Stafford, like I said, a lot can be said about him, but he is a playoff caliber quarterback. He can get your team there, uh, but the guys around him have got to step up, not just the receivers, uh, but the tight ends like Hawkinson and Jesse James. You know, they can't, they can't get lax knowing that, you know, they've got – you know, they've got this, you know, not necessarily a starting position for James, but, you know, he's going to have more of an involvement in this offense, I believe, uh, you know, than what a lot of people may think because of Hawkinson being there. I believe that, you know, knowing that Matt Patricia comes from that Bill Belichick coaching tree, they're going to use two tight end sets, and he's going to be used a little bit more than he was in Pittsburgh. So, you know, all of these guys have got to step up around Matt Stafford to – for them to really get going and compete for this division. Hey, real quick, Josh, I want to ask you a quick question as well, because, uh, you know, and this has nothing to do with me being a, uh, you know, covering the bears today, uh, and, and thinking that Detroit should hang up the towel. But, but let me ask you this, because this is, I mean, this is a true, you know, this is a true possibility for a lot of football fans out there. If if you really get down to it, Matthew Stafford, the the way we're talking, this offense is completely changing around. And Matt Stafford, you know, really, you know, the way he's played his entire career doesn't exactly fit, you know, what Matt Patricia is wanting to do there. He's a veteran quarterback, you know. At this point, at you you you'd think that his his number his years are, are starting to kind of become numbered. Do you think at any one point this season that Detroit may may put Matthew Stafford up on the trade block if things are going south? And let's just say a buddy of his, like you know, like over in Tennessee, decides to give him a call and say, "Hey, man, you know, Marcus Mariota's not working out, and neither is Ryan Tannehill. We need a quarterback that can get us over the hump." And and like you said, Matthew Stafford has has taken teams to the playoffs before. Do you see that as a possibility for these Detroit Lions, knowing that hey, of the four teams in the NFC North, they're still the the deepest into their rebuild of any of these teams? I excuse me, I absolutely do. Uh, they have done a little bit more uh, with the backup quarterback position right now. They they've actually improved that a little bit. Uh, from what they've had, I mean, they got Tom Savage and Connor Cook uh, on this team. They've also got a guy, David Fails. Um, they have the opportunity to bring one of these guys in and just have a guy back there uh, to manage the game while these guys on the outside get used to playing. Uh, and I believe that if things start to go south for the Detroit Lions, you know, this may be an unpopular opinion, but I don't think that they wait until his contract is up. I think that they try to get some value out of him and get him over to another team that may be struggling at quarterback because we may see a few. We may see another team 
that has some familiarity with the coaching staff in Detroit. And I'm talking about the Miami Dolphins. We might see somebody like that that needs help at quarterback. I know you say, wait a minute. They've got Josh Rosen and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Well, you know, neither one of them have proven they can do a whole lot over the long term. So, you know, they may be in a position where they may need to look for some quarterback help. And I do not see it out of the realm of possibility that Detroit, uh, you know, trying to move Matthew Stafford instead of letting him be there until the end of his uh, contract. You know, I'll say this. It, it's an, it's an, it'll be interesting because, you know, it, it's, it's like the more I look at it now, you know, I, I feel like we're having less and less quarter, quarterback needy teams. Um, but I see it, I see it being a, being a strong possibility because look, um, and it might be a win-win because Matthew Stafford He's t- he's take he's taken a lot of big hits over his career. I mean, he's 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 had the he's had the daylights beaten out of him many times. Um, so I, I think I think at this point, you know, he's got to be a guy that really just probably wants to focus focus on winning, and hopefully hopefully he can do it here with with Detroit. Josh, um, on the defensive side of the ball, um, you know, what should what should Lion what should Lions fans um, expect to see from this defense in training camp and. Uh, what can you tell us about about this defense coming into 2019? Well, first off, uh, the defense is where people should get a little bit worried. Um, I, I know that they brought over Trey Flowers. Uh, you know, I know that they have Snacks Harrison. I know they have Darius Slay. I know that they've got guys there uh, like Jared Davis in the middle of that linebacking crew. Um, but neither Snacks, uh, Darius. Or Trey Flowers have been in many camp or OTAs right now. Trey is rehabbing an injury, and the other two are having contract disputes. So those guys are not there. They lost Ziggy Ansaw. Uh, but I'll tell you, the rookie that they got in, Jelani Tavani, uh, that guy is really showing some, you know, some, some, uh, you know, some progress and some strength. He's a big guy, uh, but he's. From what they've said, that he is, uh, he, he's he's showing a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of promise in pass coverage. Uh, he can keep pace with the tight ends and the running backs, but he can also, when he lines up there uh, on the outside, he can get pressure on the quarterback as well. So that is a uh, a bright spot for this uh, for this Lions defense. Um, also, third year guy Tease Tabor, and he did start a lot, you know, play a lot last year, uh, but he's he's taking advantage of Slay not being there, and he's showing out. Uh, he's had, I think they said, at least two, maybe three interceptions so far during OTAs and minicamp, more so during minicamp because that's more than what they, you know, more when they get everybody out there on the field. You know, OTAs is not necessarily as intense, uh, but, you know, He's he's practiced every day with the ones uh, since, you know, Slay's not been there. He's not taken a, a, a one single snap with the twos or the threes. He's been out there with the number one defense the whole time, and he has taken every single advantage uh, with Slay being out there. So if they get Slay back into the fold and, and he doesn't continue this holdout, uh, they could have some depth there uh, to go along with Slay and Rashawn Melvin. Uh, at the cornerback position, uh, you know the safeties. The safeties are doing what the safeties did last year. Uh, you know they didn't have a whole lot of pass rush last year, and that's the reason that they brought in Trey Flowers, even though they did lose Ansaw. Um, you know the 
they've got both guys that, that were the leaders, uh, Devin Kennard and Romeo Oquara. They're both still there, uh, even though Romeo has kind of taken a step back this year uh, uh, so far in in, uh, in training camp. They both had seven and seven and a half sacks, respectively. Uh, but, you know, Snacks had three and a half, and he's not there right now. Uh, you know, and Jared Davis, uh, you know, he's still in the middle. He had six sacks. You know, you really don't look for a lot of sacks, though, out of your middle linebacker. Um, but he was the big star out of that defense last year with 100 tackles and six sacks. And, you know, he had a fumble recovery and a forced fumble. So there's still some things that need to be worked on. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, if they get these guys back in the fold, uh, I think that, uh, you know, the defense may be okay. Uh, you know, that's what I see as a weak spot in Detroit right now. Even though they've tried to add to uh, their defense, I still see it being a uh, a, a weak spot. Yeah, so, so it sounds like what you're saying is really you feel that what a successful training camp looks like is basically everyone being there because, you know, um, that, that, that's, that seems to be the issue at this point. Would you say yeah. that's kind of the – um, you know, what a successful training camp has to look like, first and foremost, is that we got to get these guys in the building. Yeah, absolutely, because the guys that they have right now, uh, starting on the outside, like during during the mini camp and the OTAs, was Deshaun Hand and uh, um, and Romeo Okwara. And while Romeo did add some uh, um, sacks last year, uh, Deshaun didn't play a whole lot. So you've got some inexperience out there. Uh, on the edge to try to get to the pass rusher or passer, try to get to the passer. Uh, so you've got to get guys in there because Trey Flowers is not there right now, like I said, and, and neither is uh, Harrison on that on that defensive line. And then, you know, the guy in the back end, Darius Slay, uh, he's not there either. So you've got some veteran experience in there that helps out not just in production on the field, but also in the locker room. And when guys – you know, one thing that does help is is, is it gives guys a, that that doesn't normally get snaps, they get reps. So um, it does help a little bit with the depth when those guys aren't there. But you know, the consistency and the continuity, the two C's that I always talk about, is not there when your veteran guys are missing camp. Absolutely. Hey, Josh, thank thank you for your analysis. Uh, for you guys that want to hear more on Josh. Uh, there's two. There's two podcasts you can hear him on. Uh, one. One is the Philly Convo. It's an. It's an exclusive podcast about the Philadelphia Eagles. Look, I'm a. I'm a Giants fan, so no. No one probably you know is less of a fan of the Eagles than I am. But you know what I am a fan of uh, is I'm a fan. I'm a fan of the NFL. I always want to know what's going on with with my division rivals. I just want to be up to date on everything that's going on in the game. And really, you know, the more you can learn about other teams, you know, you can do that. And I really think um, as a as a spectator of the sport, you really get more excited as you know more of these guys, you know more of these situations. And, uh, you know, I, ju I just encourage you, hey, you, you might have one team you follow, but, um, you know, definitely – uh, you know, it, the NFL is a lot more exciting to follow when, when, you, when you know more. And uh, you can catch Josh on the Philly Convo or you could listen to him on the Pro Football Roundtable where we do talk about some of those intriguing topics. Uh, and, uh, you know, thing, things like, you know, the NFL stance on, on marijuana, um, you know, what, you, you know, and, and some, uh, some of the national issues that really have been issues on the football field as well. And I'm talking about 
you know, racial tensions, things that have changed ever since Colin Kaepernick. So um, we do like to focus a lot um, on, you know, this, on the scouting and the evaluating and talking about the news. But we do like to hit things at a deeper level. And uh, you can definitely hear that on the, the Pro Football Roundtable. We're going to take a, a quick commercial break. We're going to come right back. And up next on the Pro Football Scouting Show, uh, we're going to have Austin join us uh, as he's been here throughout this show. Uh, but we're, we're going we're gonna to give the floor to him, and he's going to give us his training camp preview for 2019 of the Monsters of the Midway, the Chicago Bears. We'll be right back here on the Pro Football Scouting Show. <laughs> 